This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball, and we told you that we would give you a new episode each time the Nats made a big move this offseason, among other times where we're going to drop in just uh, every now and then and and update you on everything going on with the Nats. But Trevor Williams has been added to the fold, the 30-year-old right-handed pitcher, a San Diego, California native, originally drafted way back in 2013 by the Miami Marlins in the second round out of Arizona State. Has been signed by the Nationals. believe he's guaranteed 13 and a half or so million over the next two seasons. At this point in his career, there are plenty of good teams he could make and pitch for where he would be a bit of a tweener. He would make some starts for you. He would pitch out of the bullpen as a long guy. Kind of a stretch type arm in that sixth role maybe for a championship level organization. That's what he'd been doing with the Mets over the last year and a half, where he actually pitched admirably. He did some really good things. He had a 3.21 ERA 2022. He had a uh, ERA a hair over four in, in 2021 overall, but with the Mets, 3.06 and 10 games with three starts. So you look at his time with the Mets, Danny, and there's some success. 12 starts, 40 games, a 3.17 earn run average. Stays in the division. The Nats go get him. And he told reporters and he told us he is here to be a starting pitcher. So these are veteran innings that they needed. You put him into that rotation with the young guys, and hopefully you allow him to stockpile some frames and keep this bullpen a little bit fresher. I think you said it very well. Profiles as a starter on a okay team. A mediocre team or worse, I think, is where the kind of the Nats will end up being second division club, but he'll eat some innings, and I think that's really, really valuable. These are the exact kinds of signings that not only should this team be doing at this point, so I, I, I commend them for that. I think it's the right call, but secondarily, these are the kinds of value signings that Mike Rizzo has nailed so many times. And sometimes they, you know, they go nowhere and nobody remembers that they signed fill in the blank player for a couple million bucks as a lottery ticket, and then it ends up, you know, something that you you tear apart, that horse racing ticket where the long shot didn't come through. Other times they've found guys that other people didn't want. They've found uh some good players o- over their, you know, kind of their history. Guys like Michael Morse, who came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, uh, there have been a number of those dudes. So Williams, I think, is a good pitcher. I mean, he's uh the, the, the starter's profile, the four-pitch mix, the fastball. He's got a sinker that he throws just over 10% of the time. Change-up, slider, curveball, can throw, mix in a cutter there as well. I think sometimes maybe that slider and cutter intermingle. They, you know, One profiles is the other. But, again, he's got a starter's repertoire. I think he's going to help them. I really do. I, I, I like the idea of having another steady Eddie arms eater so you can protect guys like Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, some of the young pitchers that are really part of the furniture here for the future. Yeah, that's to me where the value is, right? It, the Mets are too good for you to be in the rotation. I would say even a team like the Phillies, as pitching starved as they are, are probably at a place in this division where Trevor Williams is not making starts for them. He'd make a few starts, and he'd mostly yeah, as needed, pitch right? out yeah. of the pen. But he'd be an extra guy. You have a doubleheader, you could make a start, or you need to stretch him out for three or four innings when he's normally giving you two or so out of the pen. You could do that. Same with the Braves. I mean, this is a sign of the times a little bit for the Nationals that you bring him in and you tell him the job is his. But I'm sure that's what was enticing about Washington. He wants a chance to start. He's only 30 if over the next couple of years he pitches really well and is a middle-of-the-rotation type starter in D.C., first off, he's probably getting traded before his contract would expire, uh, and he's going to a contender. But, you know, worst-case scenario for him, 
he's here for a non-contending Nats team this season, maybe into next year, and he boosts his value at a point where you, you just saw Chris Bassett get huge money at 34. That's right. We've seen Verlander get 40-plus mil and Scherzer get 40-plus mil, close to 40 years old. I know those guys are aliens and Trevor Williams is not that, but my point is you could still get paid at 32, 33 years old if you're coming off of you know a decent season. And we saw Kyle Gibson just get paid to leave the division from the Phillies and went to Baltimore to be a back-end starter who's kind of a better version of Trevor Williams at this point in terms of what he's going to give the Orioles. So I like the move uh, based on where they are. If this was the Nats of a few years ago when they're trying to win the division in the World Series, I think if he makes 25 starts for you, that's a bad sign. But... Now, you, the more starts, the better. Because as you said, Mackenzie Gore has had some arm problems. You don't want to overwork him. You're going to have to be careful with him at times this season. Obviously, Cade Cavalli got shut down this past year. The idea will be to build him up all offseason, and, and, and the pitching program he's on in the spring is going to be critical to, to give him the arm strength he needs to, to navigate the whole year. But you might skip some of his starts, right? I mean, the one guy who's pitched enough at the major league level with health, the last couple of years you can kind of bank on being a 200-inning arm if, if you want to make the leap is Josiah Gray. But otherwise, are we sure Corbin's going to stay in the rotation all year? I, mean, I think this is the year he transitions to the bullpen if he's not better than he's been over the last three years, and I don't expect him to be. Nor I. Are we sure Steven Strasburg's going to pitch at all? No. I mean, I, I would bet against that. So I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if, if they didn't go out and get another arm like Trevor Williams. Remember what Davey told us. We had this event we did with him and Sean Doolittle, a couple of other guys, um, including uh, former Nats great Matt Adams at Nationals Park like a month ago now. And Davey said that he requested to the bean counters that be that he wanted two starting pitchers. Well, Trevor Williams is one. There's one. And I wouldn't be surprised if you find a, another guy like him. It's, it's certainly not going to be one of the dudes available that everybody wants. Uh, they're not bringing in Carlos Rodon, obviously. Uh, that's not where they are. But you could bring in another tweener type and say, hey, we can guarantee you 20 starts. And this is the sweet spot, right, for, for guys like Williams, who, as you said, are on a first division club. You're out of the bullpen. You're making spot starts here and there. You're useful. But if you're trying to maximize your career arc, you take that short-term deal, get 170 innings, You see if you can make 25 to 30 starts, and as you said, the Chris Bassett model, maybe you get yourself paid, maybe you demonstrate that you still have that kind of acumen. That's a good fit for somebody. It's one of those things, we talked about this um, on, on Grant and Danny. A couple years ago, the now Commanders signed a guy named Ronald Darby. Okay, Why am I bringing him up? Ronald Darby at one point was a highly touted you know, top draft pick, potential star, etc., Bunch of injuries, fell out of favor. Nobody really wanted him. Well, this is one of those things where the where the team goes, we'll give you a one-year deal. We'll get good play out of you. You'll get the chance to prove that you can still play, and then you get paid, but we got what we want. Everyone will get what they wanted out of it. And it made sense. And for a 7-9 team, they got really good cornerback play out of this guy, Ronald Darby. This is very similar to me, where Williams, again, probably could have stayed in this same role for a couple really good teams that I'm sure they would have wanted him, but that's you know a lower profile. That's not your $20 million a year that a Bassett's getting. That's something, you know, maybe half of that or less. And if you think you can get outs for an extended period of time as a starter, this is the path you take. This is an excellent opportunity for a team that's not going to compete to add positive assets here, where the gamble is certainly worth it. It doesn't break the bank. It's good for everybody. So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the 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 
the DV, the bargain DVD bin that they're going to be shopping in, but I actually happen to like this movie. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. I mean, he has been successful last year. People forget about, and, I, and this is almost irrelevant because it's so long ago now. He was awesome in 2018. 2018, made 31 starts. Yeah, 31 starts, close to a couple hundred innings, I think. He won 14 games at a 3-1 ERA in the NL with the Pirates. Um, so I, I think uh, it, it's a worthwhile grab for the Nationals. This makes sense. This is the type of move that they should be making you know, based on, regrettably, kind of where they are at this point. Uh, some percentiles that are favorable to him from last year via Savant. Um, look, he's not going to get you to chase. I mean, the stuff just, you're not going out of the zone to swing at his pitches. Mm-hmm. 28th percentile there. Not a spin rate guy at all. Fastball spin, 35th percentile. Curveball spin, 21st percentile. Um, and he's not going to throw hard. He's right around 90 miles an hour at this point. 16th percentile in velocity. But if you look at avoiding loud contact, he's done a really good job. You know, that's command. That's late movement. That's, um, I think, where in the strike zone he's it's, able to yeah, locate. It's pitch mix, too. Right. Yeah. Sequencing. Uh, average exit velocity, 65th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 57th above average. Expected batting average, 57th above average. Walk percentage. He did not walk, guys. 77th percentile there. Um, even though he throws 90, he's got 82nd percentile extension, which, for a guy that's not huge, he's 6'3 and, and 235. He's big, but he's not 6'6 or something. You know, it's, it's pretty special, right? He's coming downhill right at you with some plane, and and it looks like the ball's basically being released right in front of you. So, I mean, that's the breakdown on some of the, the you know, where he ranked among his peers last year. Um, as you said, it's a five-pitch mix. It's it's 53% four-seamers, about 13% change-ups, 13% two-seamers, 11% sliders, and 9% curveballs. So he, he'll, he'll throw everything you got. I mean, it's... It's they don't. There's not a word for this, like a crafty righty or you know junk baller is probably not the right thing. But he's going to unload the repertoire in every outing. When Tanner Roark was right, it's a lot like this, right? Now Roark had that sinker, obviously that that would would you know lead to some early outs and, and some ground ball contact. But you, I'll, I'll you know you haven't seen my curveball yet, and it's the you know it's the top of the sixth. Here it comes for the first time. You know for a get me over strike. Williams will pitch backwards, he'll pitch forwards, and, and kind of everything in between. As he's kind of moved through his career, uh, I think he's become more and more comfortable, frankly, throwing all the different pitches for strikes and, and locating pretty darn well. As you said, he's just under a strikeout per inning guy, but you know, ball has to be in play. I wonder though, just just you and me sitting here talking in this really cramped room. Um, I wonder. How more cramped than normal, by the way. Yeah, it's extra cramped. Mike one didn't work, so we're on mics two and three. So our knees are four inches apart. Yeah, we're we're nearly holding hands at this point. Um, and I, I want to order some appetizers for the table. I think, or I wonder, how not having shifts next year is going to play out for him with some of the ground ball contact, with some yeah. of the you know the balls in play metrics. I'll be fascinated to see. I, well, but it's guy, not just him, but it's everybody. Guys like him often want defense behind them, and it's very yeah. very important. And the Nats' defense, obviously, last year was not good. Uh, hopefully having Abrams for the full year at shortstop helps. You know, I, I don't know what's going on with Luis Garcia. Is he at second or what do they do? But he has not been a, a, a joy to watch there either. But, I, I, you know, the comp, I, I mentioned Kyle Gibson once, and it's funny, baseball savant mentions, like, other pitchers like this guy, and one of them is Gibson. And I think it's kind of a similar mix, largely. Gibson throws a lot harder. Um, but I know Kyle Gibson went to Baltimore, and he's a buddy of mine, and he told me one of the reasons he really liked the Orioles, wanted to compete, obviously, wanted a chance where he could start for a team that could make the playoffs. But he, it, defense was really important to him. And 
Like they're going to have to play defense behind this guy for him to, to have success, right? I, I think that was a big part of thriving after coming over from the Cubs where he struggled to the Mets was, you know, if the ball's hitting the infield, you're going to have to get a, get an out. And it is going to be harder, I think, without shifts and some of those things. So that is something to track for sure. Um, he led the league in home runs allowed, I think, in that pandemic year a couple of years ago. Uh, that, that hasn't been nearly as big a problem since, but... I mean, he would fit in well if, if it became a problem I was going to say, yeah, we, we got some competition here. Uh, Guys that have led the league in home runs allowed on, on the Nationals a couple times. We know all about that. But uh, but he'll be in the rotation. So it looks as though right now, again, I'm not counting Strauss. Uh, I will say you know, Corbin, Williams, Gore, Gray, and then p- perhaps Cavalli. Um, I think there's a chance maybe you, you go get somebody else. And that they would at least start the year, and you give Cavalli a few starts in AAA. I'm not saying he needs that, but I think that's possible. They want to monitor innings or something. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you want to um, be restrictive, I mean, they've been kid gloving him to death so far. Maybe they'll continue doing that. Um, and also, you know, you don't know who's going to be healthy. Is, or is Gore going to get through right. camp? Is Cavalli going to get through camp? Are both going to be ready for the start of the year? I mean, they'll say yes, and I'm sure they're supposed to be. But you know, someone might have to get shut down for a week here or there. So, you if if you want to get through the season, you need eight arms to, to get to have five, right? So th- they're not done as far as I'm concerned on the pitching front. With the current construction, so I'm with you. I think they get another guy too, just to, again, to, to round it out and to make sure that they can protect some of their younger guys in terms of innings. But I want two answers. Manager Paulson, so Davey Paulson, yeah. and then the real Davey Martinez answer. Opening day, who gets your ball? And who gets who will get the ball? Who gets yours? And then who will actually get the real ball? Well, I mean, Corbin will get the start, I would think. Yeah, that's the did, real one. As he did last year. Um, Josiah Gray would start for me, I guess. He's kind of the, the face of this thing. You could get cute and go Mackenzie Gore, but I think Gray, just having been a, a fixture all of last year and kind of a linchpin for a year and a half, mm-hmm. deserves that leadership role. But, I mean, Corbin's the guy you pay. Yeah. He's the 2019 World Series holdover veteran. He's the guy that's helping some of these young guys find their way. So I think it's kind of a no-brainer in that regard, except it should be a brainer because— That's kind of my point, right? Yeah. I'd, I'd like it to be a brainer. I'd like it to be, dude, you're, we're going to skip a couple of your starts early on because we don't need it with some of the off days built in <laughs> for, totally. for a while. But, yeah, they're going to—it'll uh, be Top Gun style. They're just going to keep sending him up. So I, my <laughs> bet is that he's, he's the opening day starter, and it's going to be met with groans and— Yay! It's kind of like tepid applause, and then I think he'll be out of the rotation by June. 